Commissioner Hill Jaspard. I'm an empath and paranormal investigator. I am also an author of a dozen books. Thank you for listening to Haunted Real Connections, where I'll bring you the best mediums and paranormal people the field has to offer. Stay tuned for another great show on Paranormal King Radio. Guys, welcome back to another edition to Haunted Radio Connections uh, here on Paranormal King Radio Network. And please excuse my voice again. <laughs> it kind of sucks right now, and I apologize. But it's that time of year, and well, I want to welcome back my first yes. Uh, welcome back, first McKinnell. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, anytime. Like I said, I'll mute myself and let you do the talking. Share <laughs> <laughs> whatever Christmas you like to, to share. You and everyone listening. <laughs> I'm all ears. So it's like, so for your background, it's like you're the founder and director of the Warren Legacy Foundation <clears throat> for the paranormal research. And That's you carry right. the, uh, the work of your grandparents. Ed Edward Warren, and uh, <clears throat> you've been investigating the mysteries of, of paranormal since the 1980s. And, uh, since 1980, yeah, I'm yeah. 16. Wow. <laughs> and you shared. That was it. what, a year ago, right? I mean, I don't <laughs> feel much older. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and, uh, and you shared the knowledge and it's experience to help dispel the superstitions to <clears throat> my voice and <laughs> folklore that accumulated around the extraordinary phenomena. So now you lead an international network of paranormal researchers that has been, you know, the world's mission all over the world and continues to do so your research in the many astounding aspects of the paranormal. So welcome back, Christopher. So <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate it. I hope you have a Merry Christmas <laughs> to you and to your audience. Oh thank you. It's you Merry Christmas. So what would you like to talk about this evening, my dear? Well I have a few questions as you know. So what I like to call food for thought questions. <laughs> and I said Go right the ahead. food for thought questions. Yeah. Um uh, I said you're one of them. If I remember right. Uh, yeah. Let's see. And of course, before I start, there is a Thank live you. It's radio chat going on. And hopefully they'll chime in as well. Your audience. So the first question I want to ask, do you think that since we know something about the paranormal, right, then when we pass on, would it be an easier transition for us? <clears throat> or would it matter? You know that that was a very interesting question, and okay. I had to really think. I had to really think about whether or not our knowledge or what we think we have 
as knowledge of the paranormal would help us pass over. And I think anybody who's willing to accept their death will have a perfectly easy time passing over. Um, it's when you feel like you have unfinished business or you simply are in denial that you've died, that's when you get stuck. So I, I don't think that, um, you know, I, I, I don't even like to think of myself as a paranormal expert because I don't, I don't know that there are any. Um, <laughs> okay. I've studied it longer than most people, but that doesn't mean that I know a whole lot. Um, I have far more questions today than I did when I started out. Oh, um, right, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a far more humble person than I was when I started <laughs> out. I, you know, I used to think I knew it all. Heck, at, uh, I think I was 22 when my grandfather decided that I was the seventh demonologist in the United States. There were five priests, him, and he decided me. But four years later, by the time I was 26, I realized, well, that's ridiculous. I love you, Gramps, but I'm, I'm certainly not a uh, demonologist. I don't know what demons are. So I, I realized very early on that um, I would be a student always. Right. Yeah, I think we are still learning. <laughs> I agree with that. Thank you. I think Keith has a question. Uh, what are you most fond moments with your grandparents my fondest moments yeah well uh, as a matter of fact we're in the right season for that <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh, yeah Chris christmas yeah. christmas was it i mean that was my grandmother's central time of year everything revolved around christmas right. um she spent a year planning it out <laughs> and i honestly think she started buying gifts two years before she gave them away but um, I'm the same way. <laughs> you know my and both both of them just the holidays were always a big affair all of the holidays but huh. none more than Christmas um, other than that uh, I think I would have to say traveling with them as a child when I was um, like 14, I started going on lectures with them. Not uh -huh. lecturing with them, just, you know, going <laughs> with them. And then, actually, I guess my, my, my favorite work-related memory would be a trip we took to Halifax, Nova Scotia, up in Canada. Um, so many paranormal experiences happened during that weekend, and... It was it was just wonderful. You know, the, the people we met, we, we met the two men who who rediscovered Vlad Tepish's uh, castle, Vlad Tepish's Dracula. Uh -huh. And one of them, uh, Dr. Radu uh, Florescu, is a direct descendant of Dracula. Matter of fact, his handshake, oh, wow. when he shook my hand, it was like shaking the hand of a corpse. I mean, it truly felt like a dead fish. Oh. It was it was creepy as hell. Yeah. Uh, the other guy, uh, Doctor Doctor McNally, he was more of a showman. Um, he was far more charismatic. 
But um, we, uh, there was Dr. Varma. He's the one that set up the entire uh, thing for Dalhousie University. And uh, he was uh, an, 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 a Hindu gentleman and uh-huh. a good friend of my grandparents. It was, it was a wonderful, wonderful weekend, long weekend. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, th- those would be my favorite memories. All right, cool. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, have you ever experienced anything like paranormal during this time of year or on a Christmas time? With them? Yeah. Um, well, there's stuff going on year round, but nothing, right. <laughs> nothing that would, would uh, come, you know, be like Scrooge and the ghost <laughs> of Christmas past and present and future. I yeah. wish that would be a, that would be lovely. Yeah. Um, but I, I've never seen anything like that. I, I have had plenty of wonderful visitations. Um, uh-huh. well, oh, actually, there is one Christmas story I can tell you. Okay. And it was it was from last year. Oh wow. Um, we were having an online Christmas party. For the foundation members, because obviously, you know, with the pandemic and everything, we couldn't do it any other way. Right. <laughs> and I was um, online with um, another member of the foundation sitting next to me, and she was a, she's a medium. And uh, uh-huh. <clears throat> all of a sudden, I realized my grandparents were with us, and I just glanced at her, and she said, "Yeah, they're here." Your, your grandmother just said, Christopher, I'm here. Oh, wow. And that, to me, was perfect evidence because no one called me Christopher except my grandmother. Huh. Um, it, made, it made the skin or the hairs on my arms stand up. <laughs> I, I was like, wow, that's really cool. You know, because we've just been talking about them and how they love the holidays. And my grandmother's uh, my grandmother used to take dates, you know, the, the from, you know, dates the the fruit and Uh she'd cut them open stuff them with peanut butter usually crunchy and then roll them in um uh coconut and that would be something she would give me every single year because she knew i loved them i still make them today because i I, never had (laughs) oh you have to try them it's it's the desert's candy they're delicious they're delicious (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, especially yeah, stuffed to... with pe- peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me hungry now. I haven't had dinner yet. <laughs> uh, I was just trying to get some down um, but just before the interview. I gave up. Oh. I see another question from chat from Melissa. Uh, she wants to know if uh, is Annabelle the scariest piece at the Warrens Museum? <clears throat> you know, my grandmother would say yes. And my grandfather uh-huh. would say yes, as a matter of fact. Um, I don't know about that. Um, Annabelle certainly is a very strong um, and dangerous thing. Right. Um, certainly not a ghost. Not, you know, don't ever think that it's this little girl from Annabelle <laughs> too, because it certainly isn't. Uh, right. <clears throat> but... Um, you think it's something there, 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 there are a number of bad things in there that are less famous. Uh, so I, I can't, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't say for sure. I think at the end of the day, it depends on what you connect with. 
And if your energy interacts with the energy of something in there, then you can get an attachment that can cause you great harm. And I just want to ask you, too, about Annabelle. Do you think it's something more sinister to it than we think? Um, here's the thing. My grandparents were sure it was a demon. Uh. Uh, but in my travels, I've seen that demons, whatever they are, are manifestations of our own cultural beliefs and spiritual beliefs. Right. Uh, if if you're in Western, uh, you know, in the United States or in uh-huh. Western Europe, you're going to be attacked by something that is very, very, very Christian based. Right. But if you're Especially in the Middle East, Christian. it's going to be a gin. Right. <laughs> or just in the culture of Christians. Yeah. Um, or, but if you're if you're in the Middle East, it's going to be a gin. If you're in right. <laughs> uh, India, it's going to be something else altogether different, or Indonesia, far different. So the manifestations are based on our own beliefs, which makes me question whether or not these uh-huh. things are being manifested by our own fears, and we give them the power. I have seen human beings do amazing things, and I've seen ghosts do amazing things. Right. <laughs> um, but I've also I've also been attacked by these things that we call demons, and I certainly wasn't giving them any energy. But others, you know, the victims uh, who were being hurt, they they were certainly feeding these things. So is Annabelle a demon, or is it an egregore? Is it something that fear manifested in? You know, first they thought it was just a, a ghost. So everything was fine. Then they started to get creeped out. It built, it got worse and worse and worse. But I don't know. I I really don't. All I know is I know how to fight. I know how to fight these things. It, It doesn't matter to me anymore if I have all the answers, as long as I'm able to help the people who come to me. Right. That's true. So anyway, do you believe that ghosts or spirits have traveled? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, they will go wherever they want to go. Um, right. <laughs> they, and for instance, <clears throat> at family gatherings, holidays, funerals, weddings, births, spirits are drawn to those all the time. Uh-huh. Because we remember them then. Or because they want to see the new baby or they want to see... The uh, the couple get married or they want to help that person who just died to pass over. So for them, it's as much a celebration as it is for us. Even even a death for them is a celebration. Right. Because it's a coming home party for them. It's like, hey, we get to see you again. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, they can travel. and And every time we think of them. You know, we are we're drawing them to us. Um, right. You know, ghosts don't haunt graveyards. The only reason we get activity in graveyards is because we're there calling on them and they are they appear there. So that's a, a, an example of a traveling spirit. Yeah, that's true. I mean, honestly, when you die, 
do you want to haunt your body or do you want to haunt the place where you feel most comfortable in life? Or do you want to watch over the people you love? Something like that. Which of those choices would be yours? Right, I would say watch some of the people I love. Right. It certainly wouldn't be watch over the moldy old body that's decomposing <laughs> in the ground. No. I think I'd get tired of that pretty fast. Yeah, it would be boring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, a, a worm just <laughs> ate my nose. <laughs> but uh, because of that, it reminds me of a time when I actually got attacked by someone else's attachment. And he had another part of the world. So it's like, I live for a fat day to travel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I had a case um, in Surrey, England. And uh, a few years ago, uh, they were coming under attack, and I put out a prayer request uh, online on Facebook, and oh, many, yeah. many people were praying for this family. And I got attacked, and the woman knew I was being attacked, the woman in Surrey, and she asked me to take down the prayer request <laughs> because she felt that it was actually fighting back against the prayers, and she was getting more and more afraid. Oh, wow. The thing is, they will always try to intimidate you, and you need yeah. <laughs> to not give in to that intimidation. Yeah, or fear. fear. Exactly. Once you give in to the fear, that's yeah. the energy that feeds these things. And fear is the real enemy here. That's true. I mean, there's always power in prayer. I totally believe that. Yeah, but fear is a denial of faith. That's if true. you're praying without strength, then you are you are in danger if because you're giving a mixed message. Yes, right. I'm praying to God, please help me, God, help me, God. But <laughs> you're also very afraid, so you're feeding the thing that you're fighting against. Right. You you have to keep your faith central and make sure that that strengthens you against this thing. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I see another chat. Uh, in chat, there's another question uh, from Terry. Do you think that all priests believe in demons? Yes or no? No, absolutely not. Nope, most of them don't. Right. Um, <laughs> most of them, most of them don't believe in the devil. Uh, in my experience, <clears throat> it's only the specialists who do. Um, parish priests, especially, are almost never helpful because number one they they don't have the training number two they will almost always believe it's psychological and they also were not authorized by the bishop to do anything other than a house blessing and most of them don't do those anymore right and he says thank you <laughs> my pleasure all right my next question uh Let's see, where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, what are some signs that you look for, whether or not a place is haunted? I look for evidence. Um, I don't just follow feelings. And right. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you honestly, I hate digital photography. Uh, right. It is so <laughs> easy to get false positives. I'm not a big fan of using this electronic equipment that's out there unless 
I have other evidence to back up those readings. And I, I want to make sure that what, whatever readings are coming across are not caused by something natural in the environment, like um, a strong electrical current. Right. <laughs> instead of, you know, instead of something spiritual. Um, nine times out of ten, the problem is going to be natural or psychological, which is also natural. Um, yeah. It'll be fear. The other 10% of the time, most of the cases, the vast majority of the cases, are either psychics, um, self-manifestation of fears, ghosts, um, and in rare cases it's something truly evil but those are rare cases right uh, so i i guess evidence and and we do you have to understand in the foundation half of our job is discerning exactly what we're dealing with before we move forward because right. if we think it's one thing and it's another we're doing harm and not helping. So diagnosing the problem is is essential. Right, that's true. <clears throat> uh, thank you. Uh, let's see. Oh, I see another question from Keith. Uh, before my voice gives out. <laughs> How much advice will you consider from a psychic on a case? Okay, now that's a, that's an excellent question. Thank you, Keith. Um, never trust a psychic. Never ever trust a psychic by themselves. Uh, and never never tell a psychic anything about a case before they go on the case. Let them go in cold. Uh, if they start picking up stuff that you can verify, then yeah, then you can move forward with that information. Uh, and I am a psychic. And I go in on cases cold. And right. I'll be honest with you. I, I kind of, and I, I've suppressed my abilities for decades. Um, I Because in my 20s, I scared people with them. And it, <laughs> I don't like scaring people. Right. So I, I scared it's only in the last, <laughs> yeah. So it's only in the last like four or five years that I've really allowed my abilities to come through strongly. And now, yeah, I, I've done some mediumship um, discernment. It seems to be very simple for me. But huh. even then, you know, like, for instance, I was in um, a haunted former brothel here in Columbia oh, wow. uh, back in October. And I, I got a lot of things. But one of the things, and this is going to seem kind of anticlimactic, <clears throat> but... I was on the, the main staircase, this giant staircase. Now, normally, normally, I feel a lot on staircases because staircases are very enclosed areas. Yeah. And yet, I felt nothing at all. And I mentioned that to the archbishop that I was with. And he said, well, actually, that staircase is brand new. That's uh. why you don't feel anything there. <laughs> I was like, oh, that explains it. And oh, then wow. I turned to him and I said, there are bodies in the basement, aren't there? They've been disposed of chemically, uh, chopped up and chemically disposed of, uh, possibly with lime. 
and they're going to have to do chemical tests on the ground to discern that. Huh. And the archbishop said, how did you know that? <laughs> and the woman from the government who was with us said, yeah, that's true. That is exactly what happened here. So I was like, oh, okay. So I guess to answer the question, Keith, um, don't believe a psychic until you've got the evidence to back it up. Because even the best psychic in the world, my grandmother, you know, uh -huh. was only right 70% of the time. She couldn't read loved ones. She couldn't read people properly if her emotions were involved. She was better at doing it cold, like all of us should if we're psychic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I should ask you what were your strongest yes were. <laughs> my strongest what? You're a psychic, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, here's the thing. I'm a strong believer in not labeling things. Right. <laughs> because a label is a limitation. You know, it's I'm this and not that. And I don't do that. Um, I think that people need to label things to feel comfortable, but I don't. I'm perfectly happy with the unknown. I've lived with it my whole life. <laughs> And um, I will use my abilities in any way I feel I need to try. And if I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah. But I won't believe myself until I've got evidence. <laughs> never, never change your life based on what uh, a psychic tells you. That's just right. crazy. <laughs> That's true. All right. Uh, my last question um uh, let's see um uh, well, if this is your last question this is going to be a short show i <laughs> know <laughs> oh, i i'm prepared <laughs> my next question uh do you think that if a person has a gift like us do you think that um the spirits are more attracted to us <clears throat> oh absolutely and you know that nicole your your spirit your uh. aura burns more brightly than an ordinary person's you are a light in the darkness and they are attracted to that light a lot of these spirits are lost you know a lot of people come to us and they say you know i keep moving and they keep following me and that's not normally the case sometimes yes absolutely you can have a spiritual attachment but normally it's because you are an empath or a psychic of some sort and Spirits are continually drawn to you. They, they have a message they're trying to get across. Whether or not you are aware of what they're trying to do, they see you. And they don't see most people. Most people are just little candles flickering in the darkness. You're a lighthouse. Right. It makes me wonder because when I went to Florida, you know, I, did I tell you about that experience? And I had it. You're gonna you're gonna have to share it with the public because they don't they didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it happened this one night, the first night we were there in the hotel. I was over there for it a few days ago. <laughs> um, for some reason, I heard a voice say hello in a creepy way. It sounded like a male voice, and you know there's no other male's presence in this. <clears throat> Me and my two girlfriends. And then shortly after that, I heard three knocks. So that kind of spooked me a little bit, even though if they have me used to it by now, but 
<clears throat> different every time. <laughs> yeah. Right? But yeah, it was it was a spirit trying to get your attention. <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't answer that. I would be kind of freaked out. <laughs> you know, it's it's important for people to understand when you hear those knocks or hear glass breaking or footsteps in the hallway or a yeah. voice or any of that, it, it it's almost always just another human being. It's just a spirit, but that spirit is only a human being. And you pass thousands of people every single day in your car, on the street, in the shops. You're not afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them when they don't have their bodies anymore. They're still them. They're still people. That's true. But, I, you know, it wasn't a dream. And they woke me right up, so I wasn't dreaming. <laughs> and I have that also. I'm, a, I'm afraid office. of cockroaches, though. I will say that. Me too. And I'm afraid of spiders and snakes. <laughs> and I'm out uh, here yeah. in the country. <laughs> cockroaches just creep me out after two years in Africa. I, I, I used to have oh, to... Oh, man. <laughs> you'd go out to the, 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 the bathroom, which was just a hole in the ground. You'd lift a tin cover off of the hole and thousands oh, well. <laughs> of cockroaches would come out. And I'm like, yeah. So now oh, I just the other way. reaction to them. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. I have, what is it, PT, uh, PTSD um, against cockroaches. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> All right, so any other questions? Um, I have a few more here for you. Um, how can we better spiritually protect ourselves? Well, number one is faith. <coughs> and using ritual to focus your intention is, very in, is a very important factor in right. making your faith work for you. Um, it doesn't matter. In my experience, and uh, my grandparents too, we, we, we've all worked with all religions. Uh -huh. And it doesn't matter to God what religion you belong to. It only matters that you have faith in God, right. regardless of the spiritual path you take. Having said that, um, the thing that I teach the most is very simple. And it's something people should do every morning and every night when they're in bed at their most relaxed. Um, take some deep cleansing breaths with your eyes closed. And then once you feel centered, picture deep inside of your chest this warm, white, loving light. It doesn't matter if you can see the light with your own eyes or anything like that. What matters is your intention. And then your intention to feel that light filling you up like warm molasses, warm honey. Spreading through your body, down through your torso, through your legs, down through your feet, up through your shoulders and down through your arms and hands, and then up through your head. And then imagining that white light spilling out of the pores of your skin, surrounding you in a bubble of light so bright you can't be seen inside of it. All you have to do is imagine that white light surrounding you. After you've done that, you can then surround the people you love. You can surround um, your house. You can use it against anything dark that you feel is near you. If you're, for instance, if you are um, 
sleeping and you wake up and you can't move and you feel something horrifying around you, uh-huh. project that white light directly at that that blackness that you're sensing. Use it at, because what you're imagining with the white light is the light of God. It is God filling you up, God surrounding right. you. And then when you're projecting that. that power outward, you're projecting the power of God through your faith. Excuse me. That is true, yeah. And I see a question from Archbishop. Uh, do you think there is more activity in Colombia, South America, than we deal here in the United States? Is that Archbishop <coughs> Matthew Rockliffe? Yeah. I <laughs> hey, I'm, hey, Archbishop, how are you doing? Um, the Archbishop is also a member of the Foundation and a wonderful, uh-huh. wonderful man, a very, very good man. Um, there is a difference. And here, you know, I've been coming up with a theory about this. Why? Uh-huh. There's a lot more magic in South America. They use uh-huh. it a lot. So they don't have over-the-top um poltergeist cases or demonic cases like they do in the united states and and europe and i think the reason for that is because in the united states they've stopped using magic they don't focus the energy so it becomes wild and out of control um and once that happens it, it's your fear that helps it to manifest instead of magic right. <laughs> and ritual so you come up you get something far wilder and far crazier um so no i i think the united states is probably a more dangerous place for the paranormal yeah i agree on that note <laughs> so um yeah my next question is Go back to the haunting. Uh, what is an infestation of a haunting? An infestation is when <laughs> the um, it's the first stage in, in uh-huh. a haunting, <clears throat> and that's when everything is outside of you. Uh, you are not being directly influenced. Um, so it's right. the footsteps <laughs> in the hallway. It's the things flying around the room. It's it's the noises and the, the banging. But it's all right. outside <laughs> of you. The next step is called oppression. That's uh-huh. when the spirit starts to work its will upon you and starts to influence your behavior. You still have free will at that point, but you're not acting like yourself anymore you're you're becoming more negative it's breaking down your defenses and it's trying to do that so that in the most rare cases it then becomes full-blown possession but possession is incredibly rare and (laughs) people shouldn't jump to the conclusion that what they're dealing with is demonic nine times out of ten it's your grandma come to visit and not the devil yeah it's like everything anymore is labeled as demonic i don't understand that <laughs> yeah you know exactly exactly and we, we've got working a case uh today and the person sent me a whole bunch of evidence uh but the evidence uh-huh. is uh paradelia you know which is the the mind the human mind is pre-programmed 
to look for patterns. Um, because when you look back at our prehistoric past, we had to look for the predator hiding in the grass. So we were looking for patterns, faces, things that might be dangerous to us. Right. And we still do that. We still do that. Um, so often people send me photos of like a screen or a window and there's smudges on it that look a lot like a face, but it just looks like a face. It's not actually a face. Right. Um, I'm used to real ghost pic photos where you see a person, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, full apparition. <laughs> yeah. And, and with digital photography, unfortunately, dust particles glow in the light and they all of a sudden everybody thinks that these are you know some kind of <laughs> orbs yeah. and they're usually just go they're usually just dust or an insect right especially so, if you're outside yeah especially <laughs> yeah. or if you've got your overhead fan going in the in the bedroom <laughs> right um i see another question from king uh, he wants to know, when you hear a mimicking on a constant basis, what does, what do You're you You're going to have to repeat that again, I'm sorry. All right, no problem. When you hear mimicking, oh, wait, I said M it Mimicking. Right. Yeah. Mimicking? Yeah, on a constant basis, do yeah. you think it, it can be uh, the root of the cause of it? <clears throat> um... There are things called doppelgangers. A right, doppelganger, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, a doppelganger is a spiritual manifestation that looks identical to someone you know or looks like you. Right. Um, sometimes you'll hear, I don't know, uh, your daughter calling you from the next room. But in reality, your daughter is 25 miles away. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's a that's a spiritual thing. Usually, sometimes, like um, when I was ESP. nineteen, <laughs> exactly when I was nineteen, um, I had a strong connection to a young woman, and I really cared about her. And every time she was in trouble, I would hear my name called. So I guess my question would be, what do you mean by mimicry? Uh, because if it's your name being called, it could be that somebody is actually trying to get a hold of you. Uh, right. If it sounds like I'm someone who's alive, <laughs> yeah, and if it sounds like somebody who's alive, it could be that that person also needs you and is reaching out to you psychically, um, or it could be that there's a spirit involved there. So more information would be needed. Like I said a little earlier, um, diagnosis is a huge part of our our responsibilities. So. I, I can give you possibilities. I can't give you answers because I don't have enough information. All right. Yeah, that's true. All right. Thank you for answering that. Let's see. Left on my list here. <clears throat> oh, yeah. If an empathic or sensitive person has abilities, will we be able to be good at capturing, like, Heritable evidence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember <laughs> there was a, a friend of mine when I was much younger. I called her a ghost magnet because people. Every, every, every place we went, every place <laughs> we went, 
any haunted location. If I took a photo of her, there was a spirit standing next to her. <laughs> yeah, she was my little ghost man. You know. <laughs> totally relates to that. <laughs> I always wondered about that. My friend always called me spirit magic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But goes back to what I said earlier about your aura burning more brightly. Right. Uh, let's see. On your travels, what location would be the most haunted and why? Hmm. Good question. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. <laughs> I, I guess I would have to say Europe. Yeah. Right. Europe. Um, I would love to go there. Because it, it, it has such a very, very long and bloody history. So there are yeah. a lot <laughs> of ghosts there. And uh -huh. um, there are a lot of residual hauntings, which for people who don't know are not actually ghosts, but they're a psychic imprint on a place. For instance, um, in right. a dungeon, you'll hear the chains clanking and people moaning it doesn't mean that there's actually a ghost stuck there. Would it's that be like a, a residual haunting there? That's what I'm saying, a residual yeah. haunting. Yeah, because <laughs> it has le that was such a horrific experience that it left an imprint in the stone. The same thing like at Gettysburg. Um, there, there are certainly ghosts there, absolutely. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> there, there are also... The sounds of battle and large formations of spirits running around, those are not actually ghosts. So those are psychic imprints. Right. Yeah, I totally believe that. <laughs> oh, what a question. I'm going to have to reword it. Uh... Let's see. What? Well, this one here. Can you explain what kind of a haunting? that you have across the most ghosts most <laughs> of the time it's just a ghost it, it's it, it's usually harmless um sometimes ghosts can be troublesome really really troublesome right because <laughs> they're they're either lost confused or angry yeah and they they are lashing out um but they don't have a tremendous amount of power normally. It's a very rare ghost that can start throwing things all over. I've seen it. Uh, <laughs> my grandparents certainly have many times as well. But oh, yeah. it's rare. I mean, most spirits are just like most people. Most people are not psychics. But when a psychic dies, they have more power. Yeah, that's true. And it's harder. Watch out world when you go. Oh. <laughs> uh. And it's harder to cross them over as well. They still have the free will, right? Exactly. Exactly <laughs> true. They, they don't have to go if they don't want to go. Sometimes right. the best we can do is try therapy with them or uh, try to educate the, the living people who are being bothered so they understand what they're actually dealing with. And perhaps that can create some sense of peace. It usually does. Right. All right, um, I see another question from King. Uh, <clears throat> in Amityville, hopefully I said it right. Yeah, Amityville. <laughs> case where the demons that 
before or after the Rodney Fails actions? Yes. Yes. Whatever we whatever demons are, they are there. They are still there. Um, they only manifest occasionally now. Um, huh. The last owners who were here, who were there, uh, were a man and woman in their 40s. The man was perfectly healthy and dropped dead of a heart attack, and the woman swears, oh, wow. it, was caused, swears it was caused by the house. Um, one of the women reporters who had gone into the Amityville Horror with my grandparents, because my grandparents were invited by Channel 5 huh? out of New York, um, has followed up with all of the owners of that house since that time. And they almost all of them report troubles, which is probably why very few people stay there very long, a year or two at the most. Right. I always and wanted to move the house. Right. It's not even at the original location. My, oh, wow. I'm a little bit curious. Not that I, I would never just go there to go, but I would go there um, if anybody asked me for help. That's the only time I would go. Right. But um, I'm curious as to whether or not the land is also still being haunted or if it's just the household. <laughs> I was just so to ask you that. I don't, I don't know because I've never <laughs> been there. I've never seen the Indian Yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting to see. For me, you know, our number one rule uh, in the foundation, number one, first rule, uh -huh. if you're not there to help, you shouldn't be there at all. So right. I don't get in. I don't get into paranormal tourism. Yes, yeah, I tell you, I wanted a tour. I've been on at the Queen Mary ship, you know, out here. Yeah. One of our tours guys told me personally that one time that during their tour that I was on. But she told me she actually got levitated and thrown across the room. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've had that happen to me, too. So did my grandfather. Oh, well. But, yeah, it's scary. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was over stairs. It was in the Schmurl house, you know, the haunted, it's called, um, in, uh, in West Pittston, Pennsylvania. And I just got to the top of the stairs with uh, Mrs. Schmurl and a fellow that was there helping me. And all of a sudden, I was over the stairs. And I thought, okay, I'm about to die. But they both grabbed me and they reeled me in like they were reeling in a catch off of a fishing boat. Oh, well. I hope I never get uh, thrown. <laughs> Well, um, you know, another time it happened to me, but I was in bed at the time and the whole bed got thrown across the room and I just was so astonished. I laughed. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I thought it was the most, the coolest thing that I ever experienced up to that point. I probably do the same thing. <laughs> Sorry, I had to pop up a little there. That's okay. Um, let's see, where was I? You're doing hey, a great you. job for someone who's as sick as you are. Oh, thank you. 
let's see. Where was? Oh yeah. Can you explain what different types of those there are? Ghosts? That you come across mostly. Yeah. Sure. Well, well there, there, there are many reasons people become ghosts. Uh, because, you know, we all have free will. Yeah. <laughs> but to boil it down into the simplest terms, uh, there are those who <laughs> will not accept their death. They, right. they are frightened. They're confused. They're in denial. They usually go back to where they felt most comfortable in life and they try to hide. Because, you know, they can sense people all around them, but they don't understand why those people don't see them. Right. Then there are those who are stuck in the moment of their death and they keep replaying it over and over again. They're in denial. They just cannot accept it and they're stuck. Then there are others who have unfinished business and they have a message to get across. They have something important to them. Um, so that they, they stick around trying to get that message across. Others um, are afraid to pass over. They think that they're going to go to hell, that they've done something terrible. And that, like, for instance, I, I had a case in Costa Rica a few months ago. And he was a, a fellow who had committed suicide. And he was trying to tell me that he was happy. He didn't want to leave. He was perfectly comfortable where he was. Um, but I knew he wasn't telling the truth. And it turned out he was afraid he was going to go to hell. And after we had convinced him that that was not actually something he should be afraid of, that he really was safe to go into the light, he did go. He did good, oh, wow. and it was a it was a wonderful experience. And finally, and again, this, this is just simple. But uh -huh. finally, there are those who stay to protect their loved ones. You know, they they either stay permanently or they come back to check on us. And the, you know, that's all it is. It, it's just they're your guardian spirit. They're 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 there because they love you. You have that. You have your husband who keeps coming back to you because yeah. he loves you and who knows that you need him. So he checks on you. Yeah. I know I have visitation dreams, you know, a lot of him lately. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that those are the best visitations. Yeah. And every time he looks different. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, it, it's always based on how you think of him in life. Uh, for, for me, when my grandmother appears, um, she's not the 92-year-old woman that I was with the day exactly. she died. You know, she, she's a 60-year-old woman uh, uh, because that's how I think of my grandmother. Yeah, that's cool. We miss her. Even though I haven't met her, but I would love to meet them. <laughs> She was an angel. She really was. I bet. <laughs> and I think we have time for a couple more questions from chat. Um, Archbishop uh, wants to know, uh, do you think there are more people that are tension of seeing <clears throat> now compared to when you first started? Can Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Sure. Sorry, my darn voice. <laughs> do you think there are more people that attention I've seen now 
hub here. That are that are what of seeing now? Uh, seeing now, that's all you wrote about seeing now compared to when you first started. Uh, do do I think that there are more people seeing <clears throat> paranormal things happen today than I in the think past? that's what he meant. Yeah. Okay. Um, people have been trying to tell me that things are getting worse and worse and worse for decades. Um, I I do think that the pandemic stirred up the spirit world and things did get worse during right. that period. <laughs> Absolutely. But before that, I think the yeah, maybe maybe a little more or perhaps it's just that it's more acceptable to come forward and tell people about their experiences today. Um, all of these TV programs, all the work my grandparents did at publicizing everything, they they opened a door to allow people to more freely express what they are actually going through. And that's, you know, a wonderful thing that I'm, I, I thank them for, you know, people are not afraid to ask for help now. So right. I, I, don't, I, I, I personally have not seen a tremendous increase over the decades. Um, and people often will say, Oh, all of a sudden I'm getting a lot of demonic activity. I'm like, well, is that because all of a sudden you're now looking for it and you didn't in the past? My grandfather used to say, <laughs> you know, people would ask my grandfather, why don't we see these things? And my grandfather would say, if you want to hunt tigers, you got to go to where tigers are. Very true. And uh, I see one more question uh, from Mike. What is more powerful than prayer, like holy water? Holy water is meaningless without the faith to back it up. Right. If you don't believe in it, it is worthless. Any religious item, anything that you give spiritual power to works if it focuses your faith. Prayer is incredibly powerful because... Oh, yeah. Well, only if I should, let me let me rephrase that. <laughs> Prayer is only powerful if you have the faith to back it up. In other words, right. if you say, "Our Father who art in heaven, all be thy name, like kingdom that's meaningless. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't do a damn thing because you're not actually thinking about what you're saying to God. Right. You need to think about that. Um, there are certain psalms that are very powerful, but they're powerful because millions, if not billions, have believed uh -huh. in the power of those words. And if you also believe in that, it has tremendous power. For me, That's Psalm true. 23 is my favorite of all time. Um, you yeah, know, like though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Though I won't, yeah, so that that to me can be very, very powerful. But I personally, even though, yes, I do use written prayers to focus uh, as a ritual when I have to do a house cleansing or uh, um, even an exorcism, more often than not, it's actual communication with God 
real, faithful, without fear con- uh, conversation that really is powerful. Right. Now, in a, in a haunting, if I'm doing a spiritual cleansing, uh-huh. yeah, I will use either holy water or holy oil. And after I've gone through and I've smudged the entire room <laughs> and I've prayed and I've cast out anything that's there, then I will seal the room with holy water or holy oil uh, over each door and window. And then I'll move on to the next room. And then at the end, I'll take blessed salt and I'll surround the entire house if that's possible. Um, If it's not possible, then I might uh, either put um, St. Benedict medals in the four corners of the house, inside the house or outside. And that will also, through your intention and your faith, will create a spiritual barrier against anything coming back in. Right. Well, thank you for answering those, and I think I want to take this question very quickly, and we're running out of time already, but uh, this is from Archbishop Rockcliffe. Did I say it right? Yes, you did, but, Rockcliffe. <laughs> do you find it disrespectful if someone is lying about being attacked demonically, because time was taken away <clears throat> from someone who really needed it? <clears throat> It depends on whether or not they believe what they're telling me. If right. they believe it, if they believe they're being attacked, then I'll take then then they're, they're somebody in need, regardless of whether or not it's actually demonic. Um, my my I get frustrated with the fact that most of the people who come to us think that they're being attacked by demons. And it's almost right. never <laughs> it's almost never. Um, you know, one percent of our cases. Now, we deal with thousands of cases, so that still adds up to quite a bit. Um, but you know, if they're lying to protect themselves, then I kind of understand that that almost everybody lies to us at first. They don't want to admit certain things about their lives that maybe open them up to the paranormal. Uh, but if they're out and out lying just for attention, yeah, that's incredibly disrespectful. And I do resent that because I could be using that time to help someone else. Right. I don't blame you. <laughs> well, anyway, we're already uh, finished up this hour. So, uh, as always, I tell my guests, where can everyone find you? Well, you can always find us at um, warrenlegacy.com. Uh, you can find <laughs> us on Facebook, Instagram, a million other places. The Warren Legacy Foundation on Facebook. Uh, we have a uh, form that's a Google link. Uh, available to you it's on both the our web page and on facebook and instagram and everywhere else uh where you can request help and uh, it's very important that people understand we don't charge for our services ever we don't publicize your case ever you we treat you like a patient and we consider this god's work so we do not charge right you my grandparents <laughs> I want to take the opportunity, uh, seeing how we're at the end here, Nicole, uh-huh. to thank you very much for allowing me to come on again. Uh, no it's problem. always a pleasure. Thank you. And I want to wish you and everyone listening a very Merry Christmas, a very blessed Christmas, and a much brighter, brighter New Year. And thank you, Chris. I want to wish you the same and Merry Christmas, everybody. 
And have a good night. God bless you. Thank you, you too. My name is Nicole Jaspard. I'm an empath and paranormal investigator. I am also an author of a dozen books. Thank you for listening to Haunted Real Connections, where I'll bring you the best mediums and paranormal people the field has to offer. Stay tuned for another great show on Paranormal King Radio.